Ask yourself this. Do you enjoy fighting traffic, parking problems, or shopping in cold, wet weather? Of course you don't. So why do it? Shopping should be pleasurable, a time to relax, a time to explore. Comfortable, convenient, and a whole lot more. More is what Mountain View Mall in Midland has. More than 50 stores and services. Mountain View Mall, your obvious choice. You'll find everything you need this Christmas at Mountain View Mall in Midland. We've got it all. I've, I've, I've often said, and I've been very publicly open about this, that when I die, I want my ashes to be scattered in, like, a Regal Cinemas lobby from, like, 1998. Um, you know, like, as close to, like, you know, the Big Buck Hunter machine and the, like, weird off-to-the-other-side uh, counter for, like, a fancy cafe that was never once opened hi everybody is this like a is this like a is this a living will situation like uh, roll me up and smoke me when i die yeah 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 i just i just i just need to get that piece of information out uh before we got started hi everybody uh this is i think you'd be into it the podcast about your faves i'm your host brandon beck Noted. We've never talked about your wishes for death, babe. Let's do it right now on the podcast. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we should, We're not we going to do, do that, that right now on the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. Um, and joining us today is the uh, host, I guess, uh, creator of uh, the YouTube series Retail Archaeology, Eric Pearson. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome. Thank you for sitting so silently through that weird marital, uh, weird tension, <laughs> marital tension we just uh, inserted at the top of the show. That's uh, pretty, uh, pretty indicative of our show vibe. It's fine. Yeah, we like we like to make it weird for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, well, so before we get uh, talking about old malls and stuff, which I am like unbelievably stoked to talk about, um, really let's is. talk. Yeah, like, not at all an exaggeration. Um, let's talk about a thing we're into this week. Does anyone have one they'd like to share? No, you're not. You don't have one already? No, I do. I just want to, I just want to see if anybody else had one. I do have one. Oh, yeah. I knew we were recording. I had to have one. Okay. I mean, I say that as if listeners of the show haven't heard me actively go, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> uh, no, I started watching season two of The Alienist, which is... Um, Fine. I mean, I'm into it. I liked the first one, and I like creepy murder stories, and I think Dakota Fanning is very good. Um, the guy who plays um, Chrysler, Chrysler's supposed to be Hungarian, but the voice that, I want to say his name is David Brule? I don't remember the guy's name. Anyway, the the, the accent he does Daniel is- Brule? Daniel like Brule? Like yes. from Winter Soldier? Yes. Daniel Brule. The accent he does as Chrysler, who's supposed to be Hungarian, is just so- I'm sure it's accurate, but it's so weird and specific. I find it distracting, but um, I don't know. It's a good creepy murder story. It's a good follow-up to the first season. And the first season was based on the first book. The second season's based on the second book. So, you know, if you like a good, uh, if you like a good old timey serial killer, creepy thing, I'm on, I'm only on episode two. Uh, I have them all. I downloaded them. I definitely paid for them. <laughs> TNT, if you're listening. 
I definitely <laughs> did not get them from Pirate Bay. I, I doubt Ted Turner is listening to this show. If he is, hi, Ted. I doubt Ted Turner knows what a podcast is. Hmm. Hmm. That is a genuinely, genuinely interesting question. <laughs> One we will not be exploring. What are you nope. into this week? Uh, this week, I am into... Uh, I've been diving back into uh, LCD sound system over the last couple weeks. Um, I heard a really good cover of their song dance yourself clean uh on live from here which was uh chris Thiele's sort of follow-up series to prairie home companion um i'm just and, still uh, waiting for lcd sound system to account for their crimes because you don't have arcade fire if you don't have lcd sound system that's very true they just um, keep getting bigger they yeah. authorized arcade fire to exist <laughs> That and the fact that, like, the LCD sound system guy produced an Arcade Fire record. And, yeah, it sure sounds like the LCD sound system guy produced an Arcade Fire record. Yeah, um, they need to account for their crimes. But the uh, the thing I've been listening to a lot is this live album of theirs called The Long Goodbye, which was recorded at Madison Square Garden in, like, 2008 or nine. Oh, I remember when this came out and you were real into it. It was real good. Um, it was their, supposedly their final show. Um... They wound up getting back together four or five years later, but um, it was like a four hour long concert um, with like a ton of guests and like really like interesting long versions of the majority of their their catalog. And it's this really like it, it, it's one of the best sounding live albums I've heard um, in ages. And like it's also just a really good document of what LCD sound, sound system sounds like as a band because so much of their their records were you know bleeps and bloops and stuff like that um that it's cool to hear uh to hear them live and in in a kind of heightened emotional state because like I've seen them since then live and they're they're great but like there's definitely like a crackle in the air uh on this particular show um the the track I would recommend is probably either Daft Punk is playing at my house which is like the most LCD sound system track or uh losing my edge yeah, I'm losing my edge. And I'm losing my edge. The kids are coming up from behind. Yeah, I'm losing my edge. And I'm losing my edge. To the kids from... And from London. But I was there. I was there in 1968. I was there at the first can shows in Cologne. Yeah, I'm losing my edge. I'm losing my edge. Oh, I forgot you were so into that song when it came out. Yeah. Go 
Bill, Scott, Heron. Um, the, also, this this show, uh, there's a documentary called Shut Up and Play the Hits, which is like the concert film about this. That's an, an incredible concert film um, if you're at all into that kind of thing. So, yeah, LCD Sound System. Yeah. Um, Eric, uh, what are you into this week? You know, it's totally stupid because I don't usually watch like a lot of network TV and I'm not uh-huh. really a huge fan of like modern pop music. But I have been watching uh, that The Masked Singer that's been on Fox recently. Brandon used and to work on that show. Really? Yeah, I, I, I've actually been really enjoying it. I, I watch it with my kid and my wife. And like I said, it's not that's not normally something I would be into. But however they put it together, it's it's actually really fun to watch and try and figure out. Yeah. Who the hell each of those people are in the in the costume? So people were super into it last year. It was like yeah. a big hit of the year. So I have not, I've yet to watch it because we don't have TV service. But he worked in the accounting department. So yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, worked there for two weeks before quarantine. Mm. And then everybody got sent home, and no one's gone back except for the production <sighs> people. It was it was interesting that like the the production office for that show was just filled with posters that of like loose lips sink ships you know basically to say like hey don't don't spoil anything about this show which is funny because like none of us knew anything like like when the uh i was in the office the day that the episode with sarah palin aired and we were all like huh sarah palin's on our show okay (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah, it, it was it was genu- genuinely surreal, but I, I'm I'm glad the show is actually enjoyable. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like I said, it's usually not my cup of tea, that kind of thing, but it's it's actually really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I think my mom watched it last year. I know quite a few people who enjoy it a lot. We just we, yeah, we don't we don't have TV service, and my antenna is hit or miss. Mm. Uh, unshockingly, there's a lot of interference in the air in LA. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gee, gee, wonder why. You know, everything's on fire. Let's get into it, shall we? So, Eric, wh- why don't you just could you start off by just explaining what retail archaeology is, like the the show or what kind of however you describe it? For for those who are not familiar with what we're talking about here, so it's that's my YouTube channel, uh, Retail Archaeology, and what I do on that channel, um, I go in and uh, I I document um, dead and dying malls, which was a thing before COVID and is is obviously become much worse now. Um, I also do, you know, document uh, retailers like I do videos on Sears and JCPenney and things like that that are closing. Um, what else do I do? I do a variety of things, usually all retail related on that channel, just retail history, things like that. Sometimes I'll take a look at an old thing from Radio Sh- Radio Shack or something like that. So, sure. Um, yeah, it's just my YouTube channel. <laughs> how how did you get into documenting uh like dead and dying malls because that's like a, that's a that's such a specific thing to set out to do yeah you know it's a it's kind of an interesting story so i i had started a youtube channel um i think the retail archaeology archaeology channel is about four years old now but i actually started um doing youtube videos probably about a year or so before that and i was doing mostly videos on um retro video games because that's something i collect um sure. And then I, I had a friend over one night and we were playing Gauntlet on the Commodore 64. Uh, and he he said to me, you know, hey, have you been um, to Fiesta Mall, which is a mall in Mesa, Arizona? He's like, have you been there recently? And that was a mall that I grew up going to. And I, you know, I, said, I thought to myself, no, I, I haven't been there in probably 15 years. You know, it's been it's been a long time. He said, so he said, you know, I was just in there the other day because he does um, like office supply delivery. or That's what he was doing at the time. 
And he's like, I had a delivery there and I went in there and it was the weirdest thing. It's like the mall's open, but there's no stores in it and there's no hardly any shoppers and it's empty and it's bizarre. And I thought, that's really weird. I got to go check that out because that's, you know, I I grew up going to that mall and it was always busy, you know, when I was when I was a teenager. And uh, so I went to go check it out one day and sure enough, it was just like he described. And it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen because I I never thought about that before. You know, you see these big buildings, you know, full of all kinds of stores and everything. And now it's just sitting there empty, but you can still go in. And so I thought to myself, this is weird. I'm going to pull my phone out and you know, start taking pictures and, and video and stuff. And so I, I did that and uh, went home and then sat on the footage and stuff for, for, I don't know, like a month, a month and a half, because I didn't know what to do with it. Because my you, up until that point, I've been doing like retro video game videos. And that doesn't really fit the, you know, the, the subject matter of my channel. And so then I finally thought, you know what, I, this is weird. And I started reading more about it on the internet and what, you know, watching other videos and seeing things and it got really interested. And I said, you know, I'll create a second channel and I'll just go, I'll make this video and go throw it on there and, uh, you know, see what people think. And that video and it's like first couple of days did way better than any video I had ever done before that point. I mean, light years better than any video that I had done to that point as far as like views. That's and, a great feeling in it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's that's weird. So then I, I went and did another video and that one did really well. And then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. Well, like, I, I realized a little while ago, like, like one of the first little like shopping plazas that I ever found in the town we went to college in and was like, to me, this sort of like central spoke of the main part of White Plains is now like has been abandoned for multiple years and is covered in graffiti and it's like it's just it's so crazy how these things can happen so seemingly so quickly you know yeah once it starts it, you know it for a mall anyways like once a mall starts struggling and, and loses like an anchor store like a Sears or a JCPenney or stuff it just it just kind of it just happens more exponentially you know the things go you know less people are coming into the mall so those some stores aren't making enough money to make rent so they close and then less people are coming it just creates a feedback loop you know and then yeah within a couple of years it's abandoned and covered in graffiti and i think the fact that like a mall is just such a like imposingly large physical structure that like you can't see into so just if you're passing by it, you'd think every mall is probably pretty bustling, you know? Right. Yeah. But until you get in there, because even, you know, sometimes uh, you'll drive by a mall and the parking lot will look full. And that'll be because that mall st still may have like one anchor store that does really well. And that's the one you drove by. But if you actually, you know, pull into the parking lot and start driving around, you start realizing, oh, that anchor store doesn't have a sign on it. And the parking lot's totally empty, you know, over on this side. And mm -hmm. yeah, until you but then, you know, not a lot of people make that stop to go in and, yeah. and take a look so and so once you actually get inside like what what is it about the like architecture and design of malls uh and like just shopping plazas in general that that you find so interesting you know a lot of it is is nostalgia um sure growing up you know as like a teenager i spent a lot especially living in arizona you spend a lot of time in malls like on the weekends and stuff and during the summer for the free air conditioning because it's just <laughs> As hot as the surface of the yep. sun, you know, outside. So grew up in North Carolina. I, I, I feel you on that. The mall is a great place to hide from humidity. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's nostalgia and um, a lot of it is uh, 
just seeing something that w- that somebody put so much time and effort into and and served its purpose for so long and then all of a sudden nobody cares about it anymore you know it's not a a thing in people's mind it's also just it's it's an interesting historical piece of just like the way we have changed our relationship with consumerism like malls were huge in the 80s and 90s but you also didn't have the internet you weren't shopping online. You didn't, you couldn't just have things go to your door. Going to the mall was an experience. You saw people. You hung out there. Like, there were things to do, and we just, we don't even, we don't have that anymore. And we kind of, I think, tend to forget it. We just assume that the the establishments that we have, you know, abandoned in our daily life continue to exist without us, but they don't. Right. And I think even just outside of, of internet shopping, I think people, even when they do, you know, shopping at a brick and mortar place, they just, they shop differently. When I was, when I was a kid, if you went to the mall on a Saturday, that was like an all day event. You spent all day there. You walked the whole mall, you got some pizza at the food court, you went and screwed around in the arcade. Now, when people go shopping, they've got a list of the things they need and they just want to get in, get the thing and get out and not really spend as any more time than they need to in that place. So- it's a project, not a destination anymore. Right. Exactly. My, my mom once used the phrase, I don't shop, I buy. Yes. And like it, it, we sort of laughed about it then, but like it actually does make a lot of sense. Well, that's also just very much your mom. Sure. But, but I mean, well, there's also the, the rise of more, independent stores that are not attached, you know, like the popularity of Target and Walmart that are occasionally attached to a mall. But even so, when you, when like we have a Target attached to the Glendale Galleria here, but like people don't think about Target as a mall store. It just is a Target that happens to be at the mall. Yeah. Actually, there's two of them. There's one in Eagle Rock attached to a mini mall, but I've never been out to the rest of the mall. The rest of the mall is like such a different vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very strange. There are the larger like mall experiences, but then there are plenty of these other you said that you you often do sometimes like like with the Sears and other ones that went out of business. We were talking about how um regionally I'm from the Northeast and we used to have two different um even predating Sears um like big box stores that went out of business, big department stores which is Ames and Bradley's. And I think it's just it's the way that we interact with department stores were you know, at the twenty, at the turn of the twentieth century, a department store where you could get more than one thing in one store when stores didn't specialize—that was so wild. Right. And now it's—I don't know—everything has everything. You can walk into the grocery store and get pens for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of people blame, you know, like to blame Amazon for you know killing Sears, killing Ames, because I've never been in an Ames, but I have heard of them before. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, we haven't had them in a long time. I think I have like an old Atari game around here that has an Ames price tag on it still. But uh, people play blame Amazon, but really, like Target and Walmart started chipping away. It, they they became even bigger than department stores. Like, oh, like yeah. you, there's more stuff. You, I mean, you can get everything at Target. Everything, you know, at Sears you could get almost everything. But yeah, you're not going to go to Sears for like office supplies or uh, craft products or groceries. Like literally, all of that is is a one stop shop at like Target or Walmart. Yeah, I actually I went into our Walmart the other day, and they had been. Um, they'd been remodeling it before COVID, and um, I hadn't been in there since they finished. And they like on in addition to moving stuff, which always happens and drives me crazy because I'm a not so secret old lady who's just like, I don't understand where the clothes are now. Um, But I went in and they had um, because I was killing time. I like walked around and looked and they had so much more stuff than I even remember being in there. There was like paint 
and like crafting supplies specifically is what you mentioned to me because that's a thing that I always still like oh I, I do a lot of construction and props and stuff but it, that's like the kind of thing that I was like well I do have to go to Joanne Fabrics I do have to go to a craft specialty store and I was walking around and Target's got a lot of that stuff that I would go to a Joanne's for now yeah, there's almost a miniature Joanne's inside Walmart because I've yeah. seen where they have all the bolts of fabric and everything and you can get it cut. Yeah, I always knew Walmart had fabric because we used to that they've had fabric for a long time. The one in my hometown did at least. But like, yeah, everything, the, these independent stores, which in a way, though, you kind of have to wonder, OK, well, then how long before Target goes the way of Sears? Uh, speaking of, you know, just kind of being in places during COVID, I went to the mall that that uh, Target is attached to, like a month or two into lockdown and it was the it was incredibly surreal because it felt like being in a mall that had been shut down for years like nothing like there was like a couple stores open there was no one in there it was like you could hear every echoing footstep like it was so so strange but also put into perspective like how how kind of like fluid these things are that you know six weeks before that this was a uh you know one of the most bustling malls in the Los Angeles area. And now it's, you know, the same as, you know, the Foothills Mall. <laughs> you know? Right. Only there's not a little like train in this one, which is unfortunate. Mm. You know, I miss, I miss uh, malls with theme parks in them. That was a thing for a while. Yeah, we never had any of those out here, but. Oh, well, I mean, we had like ice skating rinks and things like that in malls here, but I know that there's some like on the other side of the country that have roller coasters and all kinds of things. Oh yeah. Them. We never, yeah. we never had any of those in Connecticut either. I did the only, the only one I went to that had like a lot of stuff in it was um, up in Quebec. And I only really remember because I just absolutely ate shit on the ice skating rink. And I had a huge bruise on my hip for weeks. <laughs> just, just absolutely. I was trying to impress a boy and I ate, shit right face forward huge bruise on my hip bone oh my god and we it was still on a got school married trip. it was on a school trip no it wasn't you though i've certainly eaten shit in front of you before mm -hmm. <laughs> do you uh i i was talking when we were talking prior to the show too about one of those things where like Brandon's very into the history of kind of how these things happen, whereas I'm very much the person who's just, like, into the aesthetics of creepy abandoned places. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I I love, like, I don't know. I find it both, like, fascinating and horrifying in a way that we've left all these bizarre, like, structures to capitalism just, like, around. <laughs> That's the most aggravating thing is when you see these places sit empty for years and it's, you know, build some houses, like knock that down and, and build some housing, you know, or something. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the cities though, you know, like we mentioned, the, the malls were booming in the eighties and nineties. So a lot of these cities collected a lot of sales tax, you know, from those True. malls and it was a big part of their budget. And so mm -hmm. they're, uh, you know, I've heard and it stories. it was a huge employer as well. Right, exactly. And I've heard stories where these, these malls sit abandoned and the cities just do not want to rezone them. Mm -hmm. is like residential or something else because they they think desperately that that's going to come back and that's going to turn into a, a cash cow again and it's really unlikely that that's going to happen. Yeah, once once they get that new Dave and Buster's in there, it's all going to 
all going to change. Right. Yeah. When I told my mom we were doing this episode, I was on the phone with her earlier. She had asked, she said, ask him if he knows anything about them turning old malls into apartment buildings, because I think that's a great idea. And like, she's not wrong. But what you're saying is true. They don't want to rezone it. Yeah. And there are, I think there's a mall in Minnesota or Michigan. I think it's Minnesota where they did that. They turned the, it was an older mall that was built in the sixties, I think originally. And they did, they turned it into a part. They didn't even like knock it down and build apartments. They, they turned it into apartments like luxury apartments. Cause they're kind of on the bigger side, some of the stores, but sure. Um, that's, I would love to go check. I haven't been there before, but I'd love to check it out. Cause that seems really interesting to me. Oh, like they were just like making the storefronts into apartments. Yeah, yeah, they turned it oh, into like a. That's really cool. Yeah, I, th- I, you know, I think they left a couple of restaurants and stuff uh, that are on site. I don't think in, you know, but like on around the outside of the former mall or whatever. And sure. yeah, they turned it into like a residential housing area. Um, I'd love to see it because I, I think that could be, you know, easily done. Obviously, you could knock a, a a mall down and build a lot more apartments than you could. So I think these are kind of on sure. the bigger side and and nicer, not really like affordable housing or anything. But it's still an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, it really is. Like, like, like on the one hand, like, yes, I would love to live in and like carved out sharper image. But like, that's also just like a really good use of of those spaces. We um we used to live in uh. New York, and there was this giant mall uh, called the Palisades Mall in uh, West Nyack, which uh, is one of those, like, Mall of America sort of, like, super malls, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the top floor of it was where most of the restaurants were. And, like, the coolest architectural feature about this place was that each of the restaurants had their own, like, full like facade inside the mall so there was like what looked like the outside of an outback steakhouse but in the mall and it looked like this like almost like disneyland main street inside a mall and it, and it felt at, at on, on the one hand like like very like cool and like a clever use of space but on the other hand like a little bit apocalyptic like oh this is just what's going to happen when we all have to live underground <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um but spe- speaking of the like the the architecture, what are what are some of your favorite like features of of old malls that you don't see so much anymore, uh, like design wise? Fountains are a big one. Um, oh yeah, they just it's very rare to see a, a fountain in a mall anymore because a lot of especially when they start to struggle, the, you know, those fountains are not cheap to operate. They require a lot of maintenance, so that's kind of one of the first things they let go. And so you'll see like broken down fountains, and then you know, somebody will get the idea, oh, well, maybe if we renovate this place, that'll, you know, that'll fix it. That'll solve the problem. And then the fountain's the first thing to go when they do that. So I I, I love when I still see working fountains. Um, ne- I'm a huge fan of neon and neon oh, was same. huge in the malls, like in the eighties and nineties. So I, I do get a good, a, a good smile when I see like something like I haven't seen one in ages, but back when Spencer's uh, gifts used to have the neon sign, you know, on the front, oh, like, yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh Yeah. That and and just I I like older department store design design I don't know if that makes me an old soul or whatever but I just I really dig like the old Macy's and the old Sears stores that have like you know there's a Sears where well, there was a Sears attached to Metro Center Mall that um was like a brutalist architecture style and it was just amazing like you could use it it looked like it was a piece out of like Logan's Run or something oh, that's like the amazing. way the the way it looked it was great uh, and it looks more like that now now that the Sears sign is down and everything so oh that's amazing um yeah that's another thing I just I like those you know big big tall columns you know things like that big grand sure. entryways um 
what I hate now is uh, when they when they do remodel these places, they just sterilize them so much. You know, it's like pull all the color out, slap travertine all over, you know, paint everything white. I, I just don't like that. I hate when I see that. So, yeah, put a cheesecake factory in there and a Simon logo and call it a day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There, Because there used to be like the the architecture in all of these places used to be so adventurous and so like like you could really feel like whoever designed them was like okay i'm going to i'm going to flex a little bit like i'm going to i'm going to choose a kind of funky you know tiling or put some you know grecian columns in here cuz like why not I mean, I know that whenever we see an old mall in anything, it's like a thousand percent your shit. The new Wonder Woman that's coming out, like where it takes place in an 80s mall, you were like so pumped. Oh, yeah. Or like they're doing um, here in L.A., they're doing a like Stranger Things uh, drive in pop up thing uh, sort of into the year, beginning of next year. And the conceit is that like you're basically going to be driving through the mall from season three, which like I haven't seen the show, but I've seen enough clips of season three to be like, I want to hang out in that mall because it's the like (laughs) perfect, like nostalgic neon dream that we all have. And like, but at the same time, I don't want to pay like a hundred dollars to have to like get scared when I don't want to. To, you know, see a recreation of an of an old cool mall. I miss arcades in malls, I'll tell you that much. God, me too. Yeah. That was one of my favorite places at the mall when I was growing up. Um, I, I have noticed an uptick in arcades kind of reappearing. It seems to be especially in dead malls. I think the the rent gets cheap enough and they get desperate enough to get somebody, you know, something in there as opposed to an empty storefront. So mm-hmm. Um, God, there was a mall that I filmed in New Mexico. I think it was the, I think it's called the Cottonwood Mall um, in Albuquerque. It's it's not quite a dead mall. It's kind of one of those malls that's on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have an arcade in there that's just amazing. It's not huge, but it's just, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, we've got a driving game, a big buck hunter, and then 27 skill cranes. Like they sure. actually have old school old arcade games in there they've got like a lunar lander in there asteroids a whole bunch of awesome stuff and they've got it you know set up as best they could is not like an old style arcade they kind of got that weird funky carpet they've got a lot of laser lights and things going on and stuff and i love seeing those come back into the malls but i know that a lot of times they pop up in dead malls so their life's not going to be real real long but um i do miss those I, i miss the big huge like pocket change like aladdin's castle like those big huge mall arcades the uh the place from Wreck It Ralph, yeah. <laughs> I actually I was in uh in San Diego for Comic Con when whatever year Wreck It Ralph came out, and I was just sort of like wandering around at night, a little bit drunk like you do during Comic Con, and I, I stumbled upon a uh this like shopping plaza that looked like it was this like Italian piazza with these like interlocking levels, and I was just kind of like wandering around and stumbled upon an old arcade that like was shoved into the corner, but was like weirdly still open at like one o'clock in the morning, but was also filled with like six fix it Felix machines because it was comic con. And I was like, like it was so surreal to be like, okay, here's a real arcade, but with this fake arcade game, but I can also play it. (laughs) That was the San Diego yeah. yeah, that was probably Horton Plaza. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was and, yeah. almost definitely Horton Plaza. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to remember that. I couldn't pull the name of it. Have you done a yeah. video about Horton Plaza? 
I have. Yeah, it's actually closed now. Oh, I yeah, I heard that it was maybe going to go away. It was also in such a weird place. You had to like go down an alley and then you were suddenly in a multi-level like outdoor mall and you're like, "How the fuck did I get here?" Yeah, that place is so disorienting. I have a friend that calls it the Dr. Seuss Mall because it's yeah. just so it, it's yeah. so it's like an Escher painting. It's like there's stairs everywhere and uh-huh. yeah. It feels like walking through a riddle. Yeah, it's very it was it, but it was a cool place though. Um Yeah. Yeah, they're redeveloping it into like a I don't know what companies are going in there, but like a technology campus, you know, so they'll be, uh, yeah, and it won't be nearly as neat as it was. Uh, that, that sucks. Yeah. I hadn't been there in a couple of years. It was, it was this, it was funny because as, um, as someone who works in comics, I only go to San Diego once a year. So it was like this thing of like, I only ever encountered this mall once a year. And every time I ever had to go in there for something, it was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Like one year I went and I, uh, because we had been, when we were still living in New York, I had foolishly been like, it'll be warm there. It'll be fine. Like not realizing as I do now that we live in LA, that like San Diego is actually like right on the water and it's pretty cool. So I was like, I need to buy pants. It's freezing in the convention center. So like I went in, I was like, I'll go into the mall and get pants. And dude, I was in there for like 45 minutes because I couldn't (laughs) find the American Eagle. And then I found the American Eagle and I couldn't get out. (laughs) Yeah. I got trapped. But. It had good stores, just very confusing. But yeah, I, I always I always made a point to try to hang out in Horton Plaza for like a little bit every year once I saw that because it, it did feel like this cool little like almost like a mirage of like this feels like it shouldn't be here, but it is. This is really cool. Look, as long as the lion coffee, as long as the, the Hawaiian coffee survives <laughs> the uh, apocalypse, I'll be happy next time I go back to San Diego. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll be that'll be okay when the next Comic Con rolls around in twenty twenty four. The only yeah. shop I go to when I go down there, mm-hmm. fuck the Starbucks in the convention center. I'm walking down the street to that Ralph's and I'm getting that Lion coffee. It's probably thirteen dollars for a cup of coffee at the Starbucks in the convention center. I oh imagine. yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like it's like twelve or thirteen. I mean, I've certainly bought it because when I've been working at a booth, you know, you buy the coffee that's there, but. On my way in in the morning, on my way in in the morning, I will go out of my way to get the good coffee. You see, the be- the benefit you're missing uh, by not going to the one in the convention center is waiting 45 minutes. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> you got to do it strategically. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I love is old convention centers, man. Yeah. Convention center design and mall design are kind of like cousins. <laughs> yeah. Um, If you had to, if you had to pick a, like a couple favorite malls that you've been to or or documented or even have just like seen or heard about um do you have any particular favorites uh horton plaza was one of my favorites i i do because i had the opportunity to go to that mall in the early 2000s when it was busy and, and jumping and everything and then see it again later when it was was not doing so great um and i kind of i visited a couple of times during that time period and kind of watched it get worse and worse but i just i loved that place because it even though it was confusing it was there i don't know that there's another mall like that one anywhere um and there was still even at the end there was a lot of 80s and 90s aesthetic things there like there was still you know checkerboard print on things and there was some neon still working um the another one is uh, metro center mall in phoenix um that's one that I, di- I didn't get a chance to go to a lot as a kid because it was far away. It was like an hour away. And um, the Phoenix area, when I was growing up, had a lot of malls. So you didn't need to drive an hour away. But um, that's the mall where Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was filmed. 
um, oh, okay. which is one of my favorite movies. It's actually kind of interesting in the food. Well, that mall just closed, but even in the food court, like on the tables, they had little things of like Phoenix history and history about the mall. And that one of the tables had a thing about Bill and Ted's being filmed, Bill and Ted being filmed there. But uh, yeah, that one, I, I missed that mall because it just recently closed a few months ago too. Um, those are probably my two, my two favorite okay. are Metro Center and then Horton. You you did an episode on this really cool little like like British shopping plaza that was like built in the middle of somewhere in Arizona, I think, or California. That one's in Pasadena. Yeah, that's right. uh, yeah, that's um, Burlington Arcade is what it's called. Yes. Yeah that that one's pretty great because that's a recreation of like a hundreds. I'm trying to remember when it was built, but in Burlington, England, there's this famous shopping arcade that that one's modeled off after that was built. I want to say in like the 1700s or 1800s, it was built as a place for um, rich people to go shop for fancy things and not have to see poor people, which is kind of terrible. <laughs> but that's, that's really what it was built for was for the royalties family. So a British mall. Exactly. So they, yeah, they have that, that recreation of it in Pasadena and that, that place was gorgeous. That actually, they filmed the pilot episode of my so-called life at that, there's a there's a scene where um i don't remember what's going on in the scene but there's like an old like english red phone box they have there and you can you can see it in the scene and everything huh that's really cool that's been one of the really fun things to learn is is all the different um places that things have been filmed like metro center bill and ted was filmed there um Tucson Mall, uh, which I haven't done a video on yet, but I'm going to soon. The movie You Can't Buy Me Love or Can't Buy Me Love was filmed there. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So like that, that's what's really interesting is figuring, oh, yeah, that movie that I, I watched as a kid, that that's the mall. Like that's where that was filmed. Yeah, it's 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 so it's so funny that these these malls basically put like a time stamp on a place. Right. <laughs> of yeah. like this is what we thought, you know consumerism was in this exact year and that like that there's so many of them still exist that like you can use them as these like quick you know oh we're shooting this in an old mall so it like looks of the piece because like we're essentially just sitting on an empty soundstage right is there any like any trends from old malls that you'd like to see come back like in in newer malls or newer or just like in design in general um arcades we talked about earlier i'd love to yes. see those make a, a comeback just because it's something to do while you're there um also i i think this is one of the things that's that's hurt the malls quite a bit and would maybe fix it and i don't know if they can but it used to be you know when you went to the mall went to the mall and we're gonna buy a couple things like you could do things like go to the arcade and play a few games you could get a pretzel whatever but it's like so expensive to do any of that now i i, I went to wetzel's not too long ago and i think i got like a pretzel and a lemonade and like the little cheese sauce thing, you know, to dip the pretzel pretzel. And it was sure. like $14. Damn. That, that used to be like $5 when I was a kid, you know? So I would love to see them kind of rein in and kind of get costs under control because that's, you know, yeah, you can go shop anywhere, but if they could get things to be other things, those ancillary things to be affordable again, they might be able to get people's asses back in there if they didn't have to pay $15 for a pretzel and a lemonade, you know? So I'd love to see that come back. And also I would like to see um, the malls that are still around, the old ones that are still around. I, I get that they need maintenance and, and things like that, but I wish they would quit renovating them and just turning them into bland boxes 
Um, yeah. That seems to be happening more and more often. And I hate that. So I, I would love to see them kind of leave those things alone, you know, just maintain them, fix them up. But there's no need to spend $50 million, you know, renovating everything. The part of the reason why people go to the malls, I think, is to kind of enjoy that, you know, the, the aesthetics and things. And it's if I if I went boring and bland, I would just go to Target or Walmart, you know. Yeah. Have you have you been following the like 20 year saga of that mall in New Jersey that has been like on the verge of opening for like a million years um, and they just keep like adding stuff to it and it keeps getting closed um, like they built like a like an indoor ski slope in there recently. <laughs> Yeah, what is the name of that? Pl- it's um um I'm look I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I cuz I just I just read an article about it this morning. I guess like some stores opened up and they opened up the mall again. Like it was It's, a it's ironically deal. the American dream. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big joke. Is it the, <laughs> the mall's called the American dream? Um yeah, I would love to go check that out at some point just to just to see it because it sounds like a disaster. Oh, totally. I I don't know that it's ever going to be um you know, profitable or, or be what they wanted it to be. So, Oh Lord, no, it's, it's, it's so funny that like in New Jersey of all places, it exists as the, and that it's not the only mall like that, but like that there are these giant structures that, that now really just exist as like a monument to the hubris of, of people who wanted to try to build something. Right. (laughs) Um, do you have any uh, any interesting uh, videos up on, uh, on the horizon? Like, do you have any plans to check out anything cool coming up? Um, I'm going to be filming uh, a couple of malls over the next couple of weeks. Um, I do have a video that I'm working on that that I, a lot of my viewers have been asking about it for for uh, months now. But on on Metro Center Mall, a, a one last you know video, kind of a a eulogy, if you, if you will, to that mall. Um, sure. it's just requiring some, uh, I'm putting a lot more work into that one. Um, so it's going to be a longer format, um, video. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, there's some things that an interview, I'm getting some interviews and things like that, that I, it's just, I can't, I can't get it put together completely for a couple of more weeks. And I'm trying to remember when that mall closed, but I think it was in like June or July. So people are like, where's that Metro center mall video? It's like, I'm still working on it. It will come out eventually. <laughs> it's, it like the American dream, it will happen. Yeah, it will happen eventually. <laughs> Hopefully, sooner than twenty years. But yeah. <laughs> have have there ever been like, have you ever wound up falling in love with like a, a like a town around a mall or or like finding anything cool where where you're like, I'm glad this mall brought me to this town that I never would have discovered otherwise. Or do the malls just kind of exist on their own? Um. I, like I would say San Diego, but I've, I've always been in love with San Diego. Um, sure. Before I, it's hard not before to. I, yeah, before I started YouTube. Yeah, but it's always a nice excuse to go to San Diego. Right, exactly. Um, uh, Pasadena is another is another good one too. I've done some videos. Um, actually, it wasn't a mall that brought me to Pasadena. There's a uh, a big swap, like a big flea market that they do. I think once a month at the Rose Bowl Coliseum. Yes, and it's like, there is. Yeah, the, yeah, huge, the Rose Bowl flea. Oh, I've got a horrible sunburn at that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's actually what, yeah, that's what brought me to that. And because uh, I wanted to check it out. Because that's another thing I, I enjoy, like, thrifting and just going and looking for weird shit. Yeah, the Rose Bowl flea market is wild because you go in and you walk around the outside, like, Coliseum area. And you're like, oh, this is okay. And then you go through a door and it's just massively, like, in this, like, field outside. It's huge. 
yeah, it's a it's a huge thing. So that I, Pasadena, I've really fallen in love with. Um, that's also that's where the that Burlington Arcade is at that London Shopping Center is there in Pasadena. I just really like the weather there. It's very green. You know, it's I love. I that mean, place. it can be not right now. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, so no, not, not sure. right now. Yeah, it's like 110 in Pasadena today. As, as people <laughs> who live mm, 10 minutes from 20 minutes from Pasadena, let me tell you, not today. Yeah, there's a there's a really good. Uh, we went to a really good flea market up there uh, with uh, Beth's parents or Beth's uh, dad and. Uh, oh no, we didn't go to a flea ago. market. We went to an antique shop. Oh right, yeah, that antique shop where I got that great Muppets glass. Yeah, there's a lot of great antiquing in Pasadena as well. Yeah, you're a big antique town. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today and uh, talking with us for 45 minutes about old malls. No problem. Thanks for having me. Had a lot of fun. I uh, like th- this. This is one of the. I've been more excited for this episode than I have been for uh, some of the other ones we've recorded lately, which is great. <laughs> Um, but so if people wanted to find uh, Retail Archaeology on, on social or, or on the internet or, or, or find you on social media, how could they do that? Um, on YouTube, if you just search for uh, Retail Archaeology, I, I should be the first uh, listing. So you can always just search for that there. Same thing with Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, technically on Facebook, but I don't do a lot with it because I can't stand Facebook. Um, but necessary evil you know, for promotion purposes. So yeah, if you just search for retail archaeology on any of those platforms, you'll, you'll find me. Awesome. Um, if you, if people want to find more of my nonsense, you can, uh, find me at hell. Yes. Brandon on all of the things. Um, happy, sappy grown up hour is the third Wednesday of every month on twitch.tv slash pack theater. Um, I think we have a show, whatever month this will be going up. My band Inkblot uh, has a bunch of uh, demos and stuff up on SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, we have our cover of Little Drop of Poison by Tom Waits, uh, which we just released, which we recorded for this uh, Shrek 2 recreated project that wound up falling apart due to Shrek-related drama that I'm not party to but am fascinated by. Um, so we just decided to release it, and um, it's cool. It, it, it's the best documentation of what we actually sound like as a band at this point. Um, cause we, when we recorded our demo, we'd only been a band for like a couple months, but by that point we'd been playing for like a year and had been, you know, gigging and doing a lot of stuff. So we, we, we sound pretty tight. Um, and it was also the last thing we did as a group before quarantine. Um, so you can find that on SoundCloud, uh, and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's it. Beth, what about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere per usual at B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S with an underscore at the end, B-scores. But the easiest way to find me is to follow the podcast online. You can follow us on Twitter at, at IntuitPod, and you can follow us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook, much like Eric, you know, we have it, because you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can follow the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram, which is probably the easiest way to find me. Um I got nothing to plug because we're still not allowed to work. And uh, thank you as always to Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. Cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much for uh, stepping into the uh, retail time machine with us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. I had, I had a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah, this was, this was a blast and a half. So, yeah, um, all that being said, podcast over. Podcast over.